This podcast is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use promo code BALDMOVE, all caps, to get $5 off your first order. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 6, entitled Always Accountable. Uh, I'm I'm not thrilled with this episode, I gotta who, who say. Who is accountable for The Walking Dead? Who is accountable for the, the atrocities being committed here? Scott Gimple is ultimately accountable, yes? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Is, is he the, the puppet? The puppet? And, I, and the Kirkman, the puppet master? Maybe. Maybe. The, they need to be brought before the black gates and justice done upon them. Because this is, uh, you know, I, I felt like we've been pretty measured in taking the Morgan, you know, even in context of the larger Glenn debacle, and then, you know, taking the speechifying of last episode in stride. This is an outrage. Uh, telling a story about Daryl meeting a bunch of doofuses we don't know and don't care about. And yeah, like, I get it. You got to introduce characters, right? I just, it's, it's not. Very interesting. <laughs> Here are the things that happened in this episode. Mm-hmm. Daryl lost his crossbow. Abraham proclaimed his love and for his motorcycle. Sasha. And his motor. Well, it's really yeah. Aaron's motorcycle. So the law okay. of conservation of motorcycles has been preserved. But I, no, I, I felt like it was a waste of my time. And I was being very charitable with it on Sunday, thinking like, you know, well, you know, we were making a bunch of jokes and I was drinking and maybe I didn't pay attention to everything. Everything that I thought was impenetrable is still as impenetrable as it was. Ludicrous uh, coincidences that they try to use for thematic depth with the show has none. I it, this, is, this is a low point for me. I, I haven't felt this distraught about a season since probably season three finale. Yeah, and I'm reading like articles, interviews with cast members and uh-huh. stuff where they're like, oh yeah, Gimple's got this all mapped out so far ahead. He's playing Good. the game one move ahead of everybody. And I'm like, is that is that a good or a bad thing? Like, I get, I get that you want to have some idea of where you're going, but if you're so focused on where you're going that yeah. you can't see where you're, like, what's in front of you. Yeah. And like why you're doing the things you're doing to get there, like I I just don't know if it's good. Well, I think because like I, I feel like funny some is, of these thematic things are there, and maybe they hit, maybe they don't, but they're not in service of anything else other than right. We need something thematic here. Let's right. drop it in. What I think is funny is like this is the week that they lost our slash The Walking Dead. Like oh, the is front it? page is just full of. Is anyone else bothered by these long-winded <laughs> monologues? Does anyone else think the dialogue <laughs> feels forced? Why doesn't have any anyone have just normal conversations? Like the stuff that we've been the canary in the mineshaft for. Yeah, it's finally boiled over to where even the hardcore fandom that usually there's at least guaranteed one thread on a on a Monday morning of what's up with the haters? Why are people being haters? It's it seems like everyone's like this is this is not what we want out of The Walking Dead. Okay. Yeah, I I get that. Like I, if you ask me what I want out of The Walking Dead, I'm not sure, but I'm sure that it involves a lot of action. Yeah, and it doesn't involve 
characters that I don't give a shit about. Uh, I, I feel like they've well, that's the thing. In this past is, you introduced... can't say that about this episode. I care about Abraham and Daryl on principle. Yeah, but these new characters. Like I feel yes. like in the past that they've introduced new characters in better ways. Like sure, the prison arc. You show up at a prison that's full of prisoners. That's interesting, and it makes sense. And it's yeah. like it doesn't feel forced in the way that a lot of this stuff does. But this was like a double, triple, quadruple cross. And I see what they're doing, right? Like, okay, I know some spoilers that I'm not going to talk about right now. Yeah. But they're they're servicing what's going to come by introducing these characters here. And it's like I get it. so obvious what they're doing, but at the same time, it doesn't feel right in the context of the story that's going on right now. No, Tell they're... me that story and continue that story. Don't try and play this chess game that's not working out for you. No, they're 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 trying to be too clever and coming across as, as really dumb. I mean yeah, that's I... that's the Glenn fiasco in a nutshell too. Yeah, th- this whole season, right? Like, and last season to a degree, we were complaining about the time jumps and slap town and yeah, the things uneven. they were doing with Terminus. But it I'm, all felt. But you know, it's like it's weird that two episodes in, we were so high on this season. Yeah, and now we're to this point, and it's just really frustrating. Well, the first two episodes were just this linear barrage of action, non-linear and, and black and white. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, but I'm but, just tripping up with my literalism. Yeah, it was it was way more straightforward than this. Like, let's jump around and let's make characters seem like they might be dead, even if maybe they're not dead, and try and get too tricksy with it. It's it's November seventeenth, Jim. Did you know that? Uh, I did. Yes, because I pre-ordered a PS4, and I've been waiting for this day. Oh, is it is it here? It's supposed to be here by eight p.m. Yeah. Oh shit! I was gonna say let's just let's stop this and go play some <laughs> PlayStation. But uh, it's there's thirty eight days, not shopping days, just thirty eight days until Christmas. Yeah. Do you know what's awesome about Amazon? Uh, I can shop in my underwear. And, and all those days are shopping days. You don't have to worry right. about you know right. weekends and holidays and stuff like that. You can just, I mean, you you know, you, you, you're still probably screwed if you're trying to order Christmas presents on, on December 24th. So it's not uh-huh. quite 30, maybe 36 days. Unless you live in one of those places where they do the one-hour delivery. Instant. Yeah. Yeah, like New York City. Real or something. dick move. You do that on Christmas morning, by the way. Yeah, and it's, it's snowing, and when, when they get the uh, drone technology, is one thing, but it's, it's people with presumably families. But yeah, uh, that you're getting out into the, the cold and snow. Um, but you know, Christmas. They need to partner with delivered. Uber and just have it like stuff the packages. Yeah, into the Uber, Uber drivers cars. have no souls. We can just use exactly, them to yeah. deliver our Christmas cheer. Uh, and they're moving around the city anyway. We're, we're losing the plot here. Right. Amazon.baldmove.com. You punch that in your URL, and it takes to Amazon, but the awesome thing is, is now you are supporting Bald Move. Uh, far from a lump of coal, we've got bowls full of jelly and noses like cherry. Bowls because, full of jelly? Because you're sending us uh, Amazon good cheer. Yeah, and is it, it jelly beans or is it just jelly? I'm just making, I'm just free associating Christmas shit, man. You're, okay. You're cramping my all Christmas right. style. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, yeah, use amazon.baldmove.com uh, for all of your Christmas shopping needs. It's uh, you got you get uh, free two day shipping of your Prime member. Uh, great shipping rates otherwise. Great sales prices. Excellent availability. And also, again, it's 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 a no gotcha. You use the amazon.baldmove.com, and we just get free stuff sent our way. We get free money and support. Like a third of our operating revenue comes from people using Amazon. Uh, the the Amazon.baldmove.com link. And it yeah. costs you nothing. It's not like it adds a dollar to your checkout or anything like that. We're just literally siphoning pennies out of Bezos's wallet. So use Amazon.baldmove.com for your shopping and, and make everybody happy. And you can get a PS4 with Darth Vader's face on it. That too. All right, well, shall, shall we get into the recap? Yeah, let's do it. All right. <laughs>
Daryl, Sasha, and Abraham have made it their twenty. They're uh, they're they're about ready to turn off to I guess make the long road back to Alexandria, and suddenly they're ambushed. And there's kind of an exciting. I was actually fairly pleased. Like wow, a car chase that didn't involve low speeds and Daryl knocking out some headlights in The Walking Dead. That's kind of exciting. Like it's mm-hmm. it's like suddenly I got born identity in the middle of my my Walking Dead and. And Daryl wrecks his bike, and Abraham and Sasha reverse ambush the people and regulate. He's getting a little tricksy on his bike too. He's he like, was, he was. And that's later he on. Seemed, I think, the, the thing about Daryl is that when I watch these scenes, he is playing Norman Reedus is playing Daryl like, yes, I'm afraid and I'm being shot, but this is pretty fucking awesome. I'm on a motorcycle <laughs> dodging bullets and I'm driving through zombies, uh-huh. and this is kind of badass. If I'm gonna die, I'm, I, I'd rather I'd rather die this way. Yeah, I think Norman Reedus just likes riding motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, but he's got he's got this really dopey grin on his face. What well, did you hear that AMC greenlit a project where he's going to have like a motorcycle reality show? Yeah, I heard about this. That's I'm I'm all all in on. Sounds cool. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's what happens. And Abraham's pleased, and he's got a smile. And for this, you know, third or fourth time in five weeks, Sasha turns to Abraham and's like, "What is your deal, dude?" Mm-hmm. Why are you? Why do you got this hard on for death and destruction? And he's like, "Cause we won." And I just I find it to ring a little false coming from a woman who just weeks ago I know. was doing the exact same thing, and she's completely unable to understand Abraham here. Well, I think that like like why he's doing the things he's doing. Like she went very self destructive. He's going into fully actualized happy happy joy joy kill machine but also in a self-destructive way right yeah, he's reckless he's yeah. not he's not staying accountable for his decisions yeah i thought yeah and it was weird when they finally had the conversation in the middle of the episode how matter of fact her admissions of being crazy kind of were we'll get to that okay uh and he wants to go finish off the people in the honda and she's like look there could be more and he's yeah. like oh yeah you're right so let's get out of here uh, Daryl then plays hide and seek in the woods. He's kind of skulking around his motorcycle, hiding out from these yeah, people. Trixie uh, drives through some burnt out areas of woods. Uh, decides he's had enough. Collapses right next to another motorcyclist. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand. I don't understand the theme, Aaron. The theme. But what? What? They they were both at one time on motorcycles. Yeah, th- this is Daryl. The Daryl should wear a helmet. Because that's the I, one fucking thing know, that survived man. on this zombie, its head, because it yeah. was encased in a... Your head won't melt as long as Well-made, have... Snell-approved, uh, DOT-approved helmet. I I don't I don't it. know what the theme is either, but it's clear that they're trying to make some thematic connection like, between Nicotero's Dar- like, you know Daryl what's cool? Zombie. Zombies encased in melted shit. And from when he made that realization, he's like, what all can we encase zombies in? From every... Greenhouses, motorcycle helmets... Uh, this guy was driving. This guy was driving a a a truck full of Ziploc bags. Let's have Uh that get in the mix. It's fuck this shit. Gonna Um, melt down aluminum cans next time in case I'm in that. So Daryl gets up and and pushes his bike through this wasteland. Um, and he tries to raise his people on the CB. Uh, he's wounded in his left arm, Uh, which doesn't affect him. And I have no idea why they even bothered. Yeah, it, it. There's other than. A throwaway line that uh, this one guy's going to make about him being hurt and afraid. It really has no bearing in the episode. He decides to hide his bike, camouflage style, and kind of proceed on foot. It's because he's neither. He's neither hurt nor afraid. <laughs> he's not that hurt. He got no. a little tiny scrape. Yeah. And then he's it's Daryl. He's not that afraid. Uh, so he finds a, a girl and her pixie friend skulking in the woods, and they're all defiantly saying, we earn what we took, and then he gets headbutted. 
uh, with a branch or a rifle or, or something. Yeah. He fades in and out. He comes to, he's tied up, and the guy orders him to get up. And Daryl assumes, for some reason, there's a, some kind of mistaken identity. He doesn't immediately loot, uh, leap to the fact that uh, you know these are just people here to kill him and loot him. Mm-hmm. But uh, he says, this guy threatens him, says you got to shut up at all times, but then explains we're reasonable people, we have a code, he gives him a drink of water, and he explains that they're there to pick up Patty. Uh, and then he also explains for no real reason why the forest looks like it was. Apparently that right after zombie apocalypse, they had a fuel truck, a fuel delivery vehicle, he opened up the valve, drove as far as he could into the woods, lit it on fire to take care of the zo- local zombie population. Mm-hmm. And I guess it, it, it served admirably. Yeah. I mean, 20 miles down the road, there are thousands of walkers. But And he's also muttering about um, the fact that they were made to kill. Didn't he say that? For, for a roof over heads and three meals a day. And accuses Daryl of being one of those guys. Well, he hasn't killed anyone. That's but that's what I'm so, saying. So maybe that's why he left. He was felt like he was going to be forced into an army, and he decided huh. to. I, I but the okay, thing I is, like, catch that. But. A lot of this stuff was pretty impenetrable yeah. and bewildering. So yeah, but they arrive at the Patrick Fuel Company, which has been overrun, and he's like, "Oh no, uh, Patty," which we're going to f- eventually appreciate is a fuel truck. Can I say I kind of like that? Yeah, that's I thought fine. that was that was cool and clever, and all of the dialogue they're saying makes sense in the context of a truck or a person. But but isn't is this the exact same gag they just used in Fear the Walking Dead? With what? With uh, the 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 black real estate uh, Batman having a boat named for what? Oh was it? yeah yeah. Wasn't uh, I forget? The was name it Patricia? Of it, it might even have no, been Patricia. It was it was something similar. That's what bugged me. It's like they did the same gag on a lesser version of its own self just six yeah. weeks ago. So. Yeah. No, I wasn't as impressed. Also, speaking of of rehashing bullshit. Okay. Uh, I was watching Into the Badlands, and they used this same Lead Me Home song that they used in season three, I think, of The Walking Dead in oh, the prison. Really? Yeah. And I was like, God, why AMC's recycling their songs well, now? You, they already paid for the broadcast rights. I know. It's That's so ridiculous. Price saves a good ten, fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> Great. Wonderful. Uh, they can get another wire in the wire foo scene. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the the the, the pixie ish of the two, the pixier ish of the two girls. I realize they're both kind of pixie ish. Uh, she collapses, and there's a medical emergency of some uh, some reason. Daryl, which I thought, you know, Daryl's a heads up guy. He immediately seizes this opportunity to just get up, grab his shit, and run. Yeah, do it, Daryl. Uh, he fairly chews through his ropes. Uh, he tries to raise Abraham and Sasha. These are all smart play- plays. Then there's this lone zombie ad- slowly advancing uh. on him. He realizes he doesn't have his knife. He just has his crossbow. Instead of like just taking off, mm-hmm. he struggles comically getting this crossbow out of the bag. It's uh, bad. In, 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 in much the same way a man would str- like a woman would struggle opening a ketchup bottle on an infomercial before they sell you a 1999 <laughs> yeah. ketchup or bottle opener. packing all their shoes under a bed or something. Yeah, like, until they oh. sell the vacuum compressor that, that turns your dar- shoes into dark matter and you just put it into a different dimensional pocket. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous, pocket. man. I mean, he's the most badass character on the show. And he's struggling with a knapsack. With a fucking, yeah, it, it's so or- dumb. And and I think the only reason they did it is so he could be like, what the fuck else is in this bag? And, oh, it's insulin. 
Ah, it's insulin. The it's, girl needs insulin. She's going to die if she doesn't have the insulin. That's what I'm talking about. Like they're going, they're going for the end goal, not thinking about the present. Like, why is the most badass character on this show fumbling with a knapsack while we swell the music dramatically, making him look like more of a dumbass for not just walking away because from this I'm, thing? I'm, I'm serious. This is this is why. Because not having insulin is a medical emergency. If Daryl had just fucked off and like checked this another hour, he wouldn't not be, be able, able to, to find them. Yeah. Come back, give him the insulin so this girl doesn't die. Sure. Which, although they could have glossed over that like they did with Abraham and Sasha. If that's your problem, then go back to the drawing board and come up with a different solution. Also, yeah, come up with a solution. Also, there is what's, no solution what's up here. with the fucking insulin, man? Did we get medical more medical commentary oh, yeah. on? Is am I right that this we is got, about the worst thing you can have? We got too much of it. I had to cut like ninety really? percent of it. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think what other medications you could have, like nitroglycerin. The aren't as I mean, maybe an but, inhaler. But are immediately apparent that she yeah, needs Yeah, she them. needs and she can't breathe, but yeah. I, I, fuck, I don't know. I it just Insulin is a good shortcut, but that's all it is is a shortcut. It's not actually an explanation for anything. Huh. All right. Um, so, yeah, by the way, it's going to be one of these podcasts. Uh, Abraham deduces that the ambush was set up from someone else because there wasn't enough people to make this kind of like a Terminus-style, uh, you know, trap, a spider web, and... Uh, he wants to, I think, abandon Daryl, go back right straight away to Alexandria, which I don't think is a terrible idea. Uh, but Sasha opines that the best way to find a tracker is to stay put. Then she True. steps in a That's mud smart. puddle, which I swear to God Why? is just a mistake. It's a staging mistake, and they just were like, well, fuck it, we've we got it on. Let's just just keep rolling. Yeah, well, that's so such a weird thing to have happen right there. It really is. I I don't know what they what they were going for because Abraham like takes note of it and then gives the puddle a wide berth. Was it just funny? I, no idea. If they thought it was funny, they missed their mark. It wasn't funny. I don't know. It, it smacks of Ed Wood. Like in real in reality, Sasha would struggle with that puddle every day. So <laughs> it's it's fine. Printed. Uh, Abraham thinks that Daryl's left him because his evidence is he's already done it once in less dire circumstances, and Sasha's rejoinder is, but he came back. Mm -hmm. Very good arguments all around. He also wants to kill every fucking walker he sees. This is a theme throughout the entire episode, and I feel like, yeah. well, we'll get there. Um, and she decides, uh, Sasha talks her out, of, talks him out of it, scrawls in big words the letter, uh, the big letters, the word Dixon, rather, and they hole up an auto insurance office. Anything sure. to say? No. I'm, I'm thinking about this Moss Walker from earlier. Okay. How cool it was, but we, we didn't mention that. Well, it that's, yeah, it's because it was beside the point. But, it's, but it's, it's still a Moss cool. Walker, and it wasn't as cool as a sewer walker. No, And it not. wasn't killed in any kind of spectacular fashion. Did so. you know that there was uh, a Cherokee rose on its back <sighs> when it fell over? I saw that, GIF. <laughs> yes. Why does that matter? I... You know, on a show that's good, we would talk about how clever and how satisfying that is, that, that little prop detail. They added it in. But on this show, nope, I'm rolling on to the insurance agent. One of them, which happens to be a military man uh, with a family yeah. that obviously is, is making uh, Abraham think of his own family situation, his own pa uh, past, and whether he still has honor and chivalry and all this other shit in, inside him still. There's a pretty funny jump, zombie jump scare where one of the insurance agent zombies is in this, like, you know, like the waiting room vestibule thing, and he pops out at Abraham and bounces off the glass, and I thought that was pretty funny. 
And she says, you need to stay and watch her sleep. And he wants to do a bit of looting, so he lets Sasha take the floor. And, uh... I don't know. He just keeps on saying, like, it's bothering him that zombie's there. He wants to release him for his plan of existence, which I'm all for. Like, I don't think you should leave a zombie that close to you. Yeah. If you're going to be sleeping in the next room. Especially if they make your ass itch. Yeah. You can't sleep with an itchy ass. I'm with him, though. That would make my ass itch, too. Yeah. Like, not because I need to kill, but because this thing might get out. Like, somehow. That's how you get tapeworms, by the way. Itchy ass, right? Oh, is it? Yeah. Is that a symptom or is that a cause? I don't know. Some kind of some kind of worm gives you an itchy ass ass. Hmm. So when you sleep, you scratch your ass, and then when you scratch your nose later on in the night, all asleep, it transfers the eggs back to your, and it's just a circle of life. It's the Lion King living inside you all the time. So if you have an itchy ass, you should go to the doctor and get checked for worms. Okay. Bald move Good rule number know. four. Uh, <laughs> Official. Yep. So where was I at? Um. He talks about this being their new home, which I don't know if he's trying to start a fight with Sasha. Like, she's, like, wanting to stay until their com- comrade comes back. And he's like, fuck it, let's start a new life here. But th- I don't know. You got to bring something here because I'm, I'm running out of steam. I mean, I, I don't know. They're, they're talking about this, and I'm like, why, why does any of this matter? Like, am I actually going to believe that they're going to stay here in this place or they're obviously going to back to alexandria at some point he even says so later on that he's been yeah. thinking about having a place with air conditioning and lights and how that has a man start thinking about long-term things which is the first time he's done it since he beat dudes to death with tomato soup cans uh sure but so yeah here's, here's the one nuance that i like in this episode this idea they've they've kind of touched on it before but i guess they've never made it as quite as apparent um, this idea of being always accountable and it's, you know, the theme for this episode, especially with Abraham, uh, it's all fine not to really be accountable for your own decisions when a, you don't have a group that's with you and B things look really fucking bleak. Yeah. And then, and then as Sasha says, once you get behind walls where you've got people depending on you, you've got kind of a normalcy you've got going choices. on, you've got choices, most importantly, then you can, again, become accountable for your decisions, right? Like, if you get killed or if you fuck up in a way that that you, that you happens because you were reckless and just didn't care about your own life uh-huh. or the lives of others, that can cost the entire group their safety. Yeah. And I feel like that, that accountability is something, you know, it's obvious. Abraham, this episode, realizes, oh, yeah, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm going to be accountable for my decisions again. Sasha's right. Uh, I, I felt like that was approached in a decent way but the rest of like the surrounding stuff in this episode was not interesting to me i just i just didn't i guess i didn't understand her speech because i felt it was couched in a lot of military terms that oh. seemed that um like she's talking about calling the ball which i guess could be like a baseball or volleyball metaphor but in you know in hmm. in my experience in, in militarily it's used for like aircraft landings on aircraft carriers and then okay. she talks about jumping out of plane, which I think is talking about him being an army ranger at one point. And maybe she has some of this because Bob, her brother, was also in the army. But I, I or maybe she's just throwing all this at it to see if anything sticks because she knows who, who she's talking to. But I don't know. I thought it was a very weird speech. It was hard to follow. And I wasn't sure what the point was. And it's also Tyrese another... was her brother, right? Not Bob. 
Oh, you're right. Yeah. She was in love with Bob. She's yeah. wearing Bob's military jacket. I was going to say, things jacket. are getting a little creepy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, so, I, yeah, I, that makes... So, I, I maybe she's just cobbing together some stuff that she thinks will make sense to Abraham. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I didn't catch that turn of phrase. Next scene, Daryl wants some shit in exchange for the insulin, just on general principle. I which, like it. Did you? Because yeah. I thought it was bizarre. I... I, I feel like a guy like Daryl might have that attitude. Like, like this was somehow just to give us this wooden totem, which will be significant later. Like, I can't just be a nice guy. I'm Daryl fucking Dixon. And also... I gotta you, take something. You you had me prisoner. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, So, I don't know. He, he's, he says, take this. Here's your insulin. Good luck. You're going to need it because you're a bunch of dumbasses. And then a Captain Planet villain shows up. It's a giant logging truck that's driving over trees. And, you know, I half expected to be a businessman, a green pig in a business suit that belches noxious fumes. And they're going to have to take the four elements and heart to beat mm-hmm. him back and, yep. and summon Tom Cruise in blue tights. Something's going to happen here. And Don Cheadle just turn them all into trees. <laughs> Uh, and there's like, you know, hey, we're here to pick you up. Let's end this. And there's the, the our team of idiots are screaming back. It's ours. We earned it. I assume they're talking about the insulin they stole. And he goes, you're going to pay for the, the, the stuff you stole, the gas that, that we took to come out and get you, and all these men's time. It's the rules. The rules are batshit. We're done kneeling, and now we're mixing a little bit of Game of Thrones in with our, The Walking Dead. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. Okay. Uh, Daryl then sees that they're being ambushed. It's an ambush-heavy episode. There's so many ambushes and counter-ambushes, and he helps them run away. Uh, there's another scene where Daryl leads one of the opposition force into a zombie ambush of his own. Man, this is terrible. Yeah, the zombie's like pinned up against a, a rock, and the guy walks around the rock, and the zombie manages to grab him and bites him, just so we can see that this other group knows what? about the arm cutting thing and like, is ruthless I... enough to treat it just like a flat you're like hey you whip it off whip no. it off man before it's too late now walk it off get up and let's go i guess that shows them that they're kind of tough guys i don't know i don't i'm not sure what we're supposed to be seeing about these guys other than the three who are on the run think they're bad people whether or not they are i don't know because these also seem to be fairly bad people yeah taking daryl hostage leaving him without weapons but they or... feel like it's they're trying it on for size like they're trying, okay. they're trying being desperados on for size. Yeah, maybe so. Or maybe they're also just lying and they've killed a bunch of people. Well, at the same time, you know, they're trying to help this girl get away. Yeah. Uh, and and get away with insulin, and they're they're clearly dragging her behind them, right? Like. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, Abraham's standing watch, and I think this is dawn of the next day. I think. Okay. They don't really explain this, but, and I also have a problem with if you're standing watch. Presumably Sasha's still asleep. There is no scene that establishes that he's handing off, you know, uh, situational awareness responsibilities to her. In the spirit of always being accountable, he just takes a stroll. Like, what if the zombie happens to break through the glass and Sasha's sleeping? So I I assume, and you're right, there's nothing to say this, but I assume, you know, his line about on through the night, you know, I'm going to take the former on through the night and take guard. And then the sun's coming up or potentially setting, but then the next scene you see it's bright. No, so I think it was definitely dawn. It's definitely coming up. Uh, I assume that he woke Sasha up and said, hey, I'm going out. You assume that, but 
I feel like I needed that with with the theme of accountability. I needed that speech, a, a scene of him like arousing her so he can go and. Yeah, I guess you could say that, especially because scout. he is not yet accountable, right? He's still on his crazy missions. I guess, but he doesn't become accountable until he screams in this Walker's face and smokes a cigar. That's that's what I want to talk about. Yeah. So, um, Abraham wanders out. And he finds a Humvee that has a shit ton of RPG rounds, which I'm thinking, cool. This is going to be pretty cool later on down the the, the life of the series that we've got. Yes, uh, hell yes. Rocket propelled grenades. And he sees a launcher on a zombie that's somehow hanging by a fence. I love The Walking <laughs> Dead setting up these scenarios where I defy you to come up with a way for that zombie to be in that predicament. And the strange thing is, you got to imagine that they're on the set saying, okay, here's how this would happen, guys, right? Yeah. Like, he would parachute in, he would end up stuck on top of this fence, it would collapse and fall over. I I don't know. I can't picture a scenario. Remember, like, the two seasons ago, there they were hiking in the woods and there was, like, a downed power line that had killed, yes. like, three zombies uh-huh. and were, and, or three people and they were linemen and, like... What we were the like, fuck? did zombies chase that... them up that pole? Did How they... would that happen? Yeah. But anyway, um, the point is, Abraham, he goes and climbs out on this fence, which is precarious, and he plays a game of slap hand with a zombie for a good mm-hmm. 30 seconds. Instead of taking the knife that he's got, poking it in the head and just taking the launcher, he does a bunch of grab hands and slap with them. He screams in its face, and he backs off and smokes a cigar as if, well, I resisted temptation. Get that fucking launcher. Yeah. Get that fucking launcher. That's a good thing to have, man. You, you just poke him in the skull and take the launcher without my, And and this I is don't... what cures him of his fever? Like, what the fuck? Does he go out there and realize how insane this is? Because it's kind of insane, right? It Crawling is. out no, on yes, this fucking is. fence thing toward a walker. But it's like, like the wrong fucking lesson to learn. <laughs> yeah, the lesson to learn is kill it and take the launcher. Mitigate your ri- risk. Uh-huh. You know, take some time. Maybe get Sasha to help you. There you go. Because yeah. she's there. That's another thing. It's like if they had a conversation, he's like, I'm going to go scrounge. And she's like, I'm going to lay on my ass and do nothing. I, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but that's the moment, right? He realizes what I'm doing is kind of insane. When I relax got Sasha and have back a cigar, there. shit works out for me. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So if you have a real life crisis... If you have Relax. a zombie you're metaphorically playing slap face or slap hands with and screaming its face, just pour yourself a beer, relax, mm-hmm. watch some stuff on Netflix. It'll and then probably, get the launcher. It'll probably all just take care of itself. You'll get the launcher handed to you for free. Yep. Uh, Ma- Abraham comes back and says, I want to make some plays in Alexandria, Sasha. I want I want to see you in a family way with 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 me by your side. Get to know you a whole lot better. I want to get you knowing in that that biblical sense I I hear tell about. Yep. And he's like, uh, I like the way you call bullshit, which tells you right away he's a bald move fan. I like it. And yeah. she's clearly intrigued. Like I buy their chemistry and whatnot, but she says you have some stuff to take care of. Speaking of Rosita, I think. Yeah. But also just his situation. So I think this feels to me like the best version of Abraham. Yeah. Like, he's a he's a gung-ho, take-charge kind of guy. Uh-huh. Uh, and when he's got a smile on his face and he's having a little fun, that's the best kind of Abraham for me. Uh-huh. And when he's also clear-headed, you know, now that he's come out of his uh, just crazy funk. 
I, I feel like this might be the best best version of Abraham that we've seen in a long time. So we're back with Daryl's group, and somehow they find a greenhouse in the middle of this forest fire, ravaged. Which, but that we we talked about this on the instant take, but I felt like they uh, their visual communication of this is a forest fire blighted land sucked. Like hmm. okay, they, I and I you know it's like they just I think spray painted everything black and assumed it was going to read, but there's way too much underbrush and other shit. Yeah, we got some uh, email about that. Oh, good, great from an expert, I would say. Good. Well, then, then yeah. I, I, that's that's what I'm 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 living for. We did skip over the best line uh, in a while. Other than other than makes my the that it makes his ass itch. There was also this line, <laughs> butt steak stupidity, butt steak stupidity. Did I hear it right? That sounded like what he said. Butt steak stupidity. Yeah. I know that's something we were laughing about, but. I don't know. Like, off the charts, idiocy, butt steak stupidity. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty I, good. I'll Abraham. be donkey slapped when I heard that, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about Daryl's group and, and the greenhouse, and there's a mess about this is them implying that maybe they were looking for these people. They were someone they used to babysit, the two girls are talking about. Or did they mean that they were babysat by these people? Yeah, and that they left shortly after this whole thing went down. They thought, like, they went north or something, but then they burnt them. But but I under I got the impression that they were talking about events that happened early on in the zombie apocalypse. This is the yes. first time they've decided to revisit this area. I guess so. Yeah. And they find these two bodies that they're talking about, and they're in cl- encased in what I assumed was plastic roofing material, and this greenhouse it's apparently melted glass. Melted glass that comes off in big sheets, and she gets bit by the glass zombies because she's just too stupid to live. And yeah, she's the idiot survivor of the week for sure. Yeah, and that's that's it. Uh, next week's got the, the... idiot survivors of the week have a bad habit of dying during the week. <laughs> idiot almost survivor of the week. Yeah. Uh, so they're digging graves in the next episode, and Daryl or next uh, scene, and Daryl breaks out the three questions, and uh, they caught, killed too many zombies to count. No yeah. people, and why? Because if they did, there'd be no going back. And Daryl says, I know... It's interesting to me to see Daryl use what is now considered an antiquated uh, procedure for vetting new people. Because they haven't used it in forever, right? Rick has dropped this fucking thing. Well, Rick hasn't, I mean... The last people he met up with, he did not ask any questions to, right? I thought he did... There was some way of that. They they asked that of Aaron when they captured him. Uh I mean, yeah, they haven't used it since Alexandria, but then again, they haven't really been in charge of Alexandria. I suppose so. So I didn't take it as antiquated. It's just, it's been a while since we've seen it. Okay. Maybe uh, so. And, and Daryl says, look, I know a place. I don't know why I'm wanting to take you guys back. Cause you seem kind of worthless, but I know a place where people still like what they were, or at least, you know, near enough. We killed folk. Yeah. Like folk that need killing. And I killed, I blew up a tank once and it was kind of badass. but the tank needed to be blown up too. It was, it was, Hell yeah. it was asking for it with its rampage. <laughs> And uh, then they, I guess Daryl's pushing his bike because they don't want to make sound or yeah. because he doesn't want to, um, he, he doesn't want to. Same reason he was before. Yeah. He doesn't want to lord over the fact that he's got transportation and these guys are, are, are hoofing it. Um, but at some point they decide to jack Daryl's bike and crossbow. Yeah. And they seem to be apologetic for it, but not really. And he's like, you're going to be sorry because eventually I want to catch up to you and it's going to be. 
bad news because I got your carving, kid. You're going to wish you had this carving later on. Yep, and now he's got Patty. Yeah, Daryl then, he finds a fuel door that's covered, and he looks up, and he follows this trail of devastation into the forest, and he finds a tree that's been completely consumed by kudzu, and it's Patty. It's a fuel truck with a license plate that's Patty. There's a zombie inside that he dispatches. Abraham hmm. finds some dress blues. Yeah, what happened here? Huh? What? what What happened in this scenario, do you think? So the truck is covered with underbrush, which... Whatever. Well, so so and and this all happened like when they said they're going going back for Patty. Assume I'm presuming they haven't seen Patty in two years. Like I really don't oh, know the timeline I, of this group. Hmm. Because if, I'm not sure if, if about they've that, been but... in this area and this were people that they were inclined to check on. Hmm. Like this again, this timeline and this these people situation makes no sense to me. And maybe it'll make sense later on, but I don't have that much line of credit with this show. Sure. Sure. Like, I'm not inclined to be patient and be like, oh, yeah, I'm sure this will be turn out to be interesting and valuable later. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Uh, my money is on won't. So, yeah, I, I have no I have no clue because... Like, the driver's dead in the front seat. And, and, and for a long thing, time. And, and, this, yeah. and this thing has grown up. Like, this didn't happen in a couple of months, this amount of brush that's grown over this, this truck. So you think it was growth? You I, don't think it was hidden? Oh... No, I took it as growth, but okay. I guess they showed us I that someone that. can hide something with branches cut over. I mean, Daryl does that in this episode, sure. Yeah, I I don't know. I was trying to play out the scenario in my head or find a scenario that made sense, and I couldn't really do it. But whatever, I'm sure in an interview somewhere, if you dig deep enough on the internet, you can find exactly what happened. Uh, Abraham finds some dress blues, and hey, look, they fit uh, like a glove. And yeah. then Daryl drives up and drives up in his fuel truck. And then they're trying, they're on the way back to Alexandria. They try to hail Rick. Uh, they don't get Rick back, but they do get a guy that comes back with help. Yeah, who is this? Uh, a popular theory on the internet is that it is Rick and or Glenn. I reject that. It sounds to me like Ron. Okay. I, it could also be the idiot that they found in this episode. It definitely doesn't sound like Rick. I think it might sound like a very distressed Glenn. You know, as if it's he were, Glenn. as if there's his no voice were coming out from under the dumpster. Uh, also, there's an interview with, uh, there's an interview with Norman Reedus where he says, "No, that's not in fact Glenn." But I don't trust anything that the, the people working on the show say to me. me. So me either. That's a that's that's a good uh, philosophy. But no, I think it's I think it's either Ron or the guy they just abandoned. I heard a Gonzo theory. Someone said it's Nicholas that we the the fake out of Nicholas was that he wasn't really dead and like no, that's look, even worse. Maybe the bullet didn't kill him, uh-huh. but the zombies ripping his torso apart for sure gonna kill well, him. Well, people are saying this is a hallucination, which is an even worse idea. It's a dream, really. Yes. Yeah, that's like that if I wasn't for... already pissed off enough, that would do it. I, I would just end the show right here now. Uh yeah okay so that's the episode. All right, I think we cover it in record time. Yeah, I, I like I said, I I'm starting I'm losing my patience with this show, and when there are shows like The Leftovers on, yeah, it makes especially it worse. Yeah. on the same night at the same time, it's like I'm just rolling my eyes at this thing. Going, how much longer until I can watch the best show on television now? Uh huh. <laughs> like get out of my face walking dead i'm done with you yeah and yeah there's no there's no call for it there i and and you know that's the other thing we talked about off air i think in the first two episodes are so good it's like ooh, what if they blown their budget 
I'm going to have a whole bunch of like stripped down bottle episodes too. And then this isn't then, a bottle episode, I know. No, not quite, but but it doesn't use any of their big sets. You know, the the Alexandria set, it doesn't use hardly any of the actors. It's it's, you know, two camera crews and you got this banged out. It's it's certainly a much cheaper episode than what they were trying to tell, you know, with with the the big CGI sequences and the intercuts with a bunch of characters and stuff like that so yeah i we don't we don't see this pack of walkers this herd that is presumably following them as they get ambushed like i don't know how far ahead they are yeah they didn't tell us a good story of how far they got because it i mean you could be forgiven for thinking that they're just up the road yeah and then like what happens to this half a walker pack that you got following you is that going to roll in while you're yeah. fucking around in the woods? I don't know. But yeah, that's the episode. Yeah. Before we get to feedback, we've got a sponsor to talk about. And it's one that we've talked about before and one that I've been using now for over a year. And I've really enjoyed. Uh, it's Harry's. If you go to harrys.com and you use the promo code BALDMOVE in all caps, you can get $5 off your first order. Uh, what harrys.com is, if you're unfamiliar with it, is shaving products. They're, they've got... Uh, a lot of really good quality and effectively priced. Uh, it, may, it makes it very easy for you to afford to shave. Unlike you know, you go to some, uh, you go to the store and you look at the price of razors and you're like, oh my god, it's one arm and one leg that they will take off with their razor. Yeah, right there at the store. <laughs> yeah, they want to cut you. But, Harry's but, Harry's doesn't want to cut. But you. Jim, no, no one is shaving in November. Yeah, yes, yeah, so that's what I thought too. Uh, Harry's is is co-opting November for themselves Mm. they've partnered up with the movember foundation to do some charity work uh they're going to be donating a bunch of money to uh the movember foundation and during this entire month movember foundation is one of the ones that have come up uh, around this no shave november concept to spread awareness for men's health issues like uh, prostate cancer testicular cancer mental health issues uh obesity etc yeah definitely so it's it's kind of uh I don't know. They're definitely focused on men's products. I don't know that they have any like women's razors or anything there on the site. So this feels like a natural fit uh, yeah. in a surprising way that you wouldn't think, oh, yeah, no shave November. Sure. Sure. Uh, very strange. But, yeah, I, I think it works, and it's a good thing to do. And if you're going to be donating to charity during the holidays, holiday season, it's not a bad way to do it. You get razors And if, you're, if well. your no shave can, is confined to the stash, that leaves it's like a surface of of the earth kind of thing. There's still three quarters of your face covered in fur that that needs to be eliminated. And even if you got a beard, you don't want a neck beard. You got to shave that down. Uh So I got the full beard. I still, I still got to, got to shave the cheek and neck area. Yeah. Uh, so you can get some really good deals on there right now. They've got this starter kit, um, that comes with a razor handle, three blades and your choice of either shaving cream or the foaming shaving gel. Normally fifteen bucks if you use the code bald move all caps. Yeah, very important out. all caps. It's you gotta scream it right into the text yeah. box. Bald move. Write it as big as you can. Font size thirty six. <laughs> Who cares? Uh you can save five bucks on that, so you get it for ten bucks, which is a really just a great deal for the starter set like this. And then like I said, if you wanna if you've maybe bought this last year when we were doing our promotion and you wanna re up your blades, uh-huh. uh they sell blades for way cheaper than you can get them in the store. And they're they're good quality too. You know they got the multiple blade heads. Sure, good stuff. I've been really enjoying German them, steel so. too. It's the best steel in the world. Yeah, yeah. They got their own factory making the the German steel, shipping it over. <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, so check them out. Harry's dot com. H a r r y s. Use promo code Bald Move in all caps, 
and get five bucks off your first order. Uh, do we have feedback? Yeah, we do have feedback. We have a lot send, of feedback. If you want to send in feedback, you can do so at watching dead at baldmove.com or on forums at forums.baldmove.com. Hit me with it. I want to hear. I want to hear about the insulin, especially. All right. Well, you're not going to get to that for a couple emails. But oh, well. We started off with uh, some stuff from last episode. Now, JK says, after seeing now for a second time, I remembered it was Maggie who performed a C-section on an unanesthetized lorry in the boiler room of the prison. Uh-huh. It was a horrible situation, and she became a basket case. I was thus surprised when Maggie announced her pregnancy. If I was Maggie, I would make 100% sure I never get pregnant in this world. That's hmm. a fair point, you know? It's not... Uh, Although maybe she's thinking, oh, walls of Alexandria, things are fine now. Well, but no still, problems. I think that you're right. If they decided to keep the pregnancy secret, but it would have been cool to see some of those scenes of her and Glenn talking about that. Like I'm yeah. being a pregnant woman, like we said last episode, like being a pregnant woman uh, is a burden. Yeah. A necessary one if you want human humanity to thrive, but while you're happening, it's you're uncomfortable, you've got a high risk of dying, much higher than you did without a life form trying to claw your way its its way outside of you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can be threatened, you're you're you you can't fight and you're not as fit. It's it's it happen lasts for nine fucking months. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a good it's not a good deal. For sure. Dan says, when Daryl asks that guy how many people you killed, and he replies, none, otherwise the world is truly twisted. Then he draws a gun on him five minutes later. Do you think Daryl should have called his bluff? <laughs> like, slowly walk up to the guy, take the gun out of his hand, get on his bike, and ride off. Yeah, I thought this, I thought you, I thought you worried about changing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't killed anybody. You're going to start now? Yeah. Didn't think so. Well, but see, here's the thing. Daryl's arc is all about redeeming people and, and finding people that'll fit. So I, I, I think maybe he's hopeful that they'll cross paths again and change their mind or that he can reach these people. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, you know, he was trying to change them during this episode. And then at the end, they fuck him over. Uh, Mark says, geez, why is it every time diabetes is written into a character or a plot, it gets screwed up. Wait, wait, I think you mispronounced that. It's diabetes. Diabetes. Yeah. Diabetes. Come on, writers. It isn't that hard. Look it up on Wikipedia or just Google it. Many diabetics, both type one and two need insulin whenever they eat food. If they've been wandering around the wood for, woods for days, haven't had much of anything to eat, then the last thing you want to do is give a diabetic insulin. Hyperglycemia is when you have too much sugar in your blood. This happens when you eat. There are two ways to get that sugar level down. You can either take insulin or exercise. Most, doc, most doctors like you to do both. Hypoglycemia is when you have too little blood or sugar in your blood. Uh-huh. This happens when you haven't eaten any food or very little for a while, and this condition can can it be further exacerbated if you are also exercising again, like walking or running around in the woods. Okay. If in this condition insulin is administrator, administered, well, get ready to meet your inner zombie. So they've got so it, they've, they've either... got the, they've got the, they've got one of the other mixed up. Yeah, and he goes on, sure, maybe the three had just eaten a big starchy meal like five yeah, minutes before sure. they ran into Mr. Dixon, sure. but yeah, doubt it. So yeah. they've effectively just murdered this girl by injecting her with insulin, well, mo- yeah. most likely. They're not doctors. <laughs> no, but they have Wikipedia. <laughs> Beverly B says, I thought there was lots to like in this episode and appreciated the much-needed pendulum swing back to the notion that you can also be too distrusting, too hard. These really? Pe- Is these... that the lesson we learned in this episode? <laughs> these are people who could have uh, benefited from Daryl, but they had just become too hard to let him in the group. Oh, from the other way. Yeah. 
Uh, I agree with you that Sasha appeared receptive to Abraham's advances, but my question is why? Why couldn't Sasha do better than Abraham even in the zombie apocalypse? Uh, How? Wait, I, I don't know. I mean, what's wrong with Abraham? Yeah, I don't. Than... I don't know that I see anything wrong with Abraham. I mean, this, the, what's wrong with Abraham he's is the same thing as wrong with, with all of the Walking Dead people at one point, which is he's having a hard time dealing with all of the violence and shit hitting the fan constantly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's the worst. Yeah, I'm trying to come up with traits of Abraham. But this is way worse than any war that anyone's bad. ever fought. And it's, 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 it's lasted. You're on station for way longer. So all these people yeah. should be some kind of psychotic. Sure. And I, I don't think Abraham is particularly bad. Uh, but I don't know. He is. I don't know. He's, he is kind of I mean, she, maybe she's talking about looks. Maybe she doesn't like how uh, really? old, old Abraham looks. Going after Michael Cudless, eh? I don't know. I don't know. She didn't give me enough details. So that's what I'm assuming. Tom G says, uh, <laughs> I can finally contribute something other than hate to your Walking Dead podcast. Uh, he's going to talk about insulin and the shelf life thereof. Uh, I included him only because he put that first comment because I felt bad if I would have cut his email <laughs> when he finally had something to contribute. No positivity <laughs> from the Volkswagen will be allowed. Uh, no, this is Tom G. I think this is a different Tom. Really? I don't think this is. I thought Tom uh, G was from Volkswagen. I don't think this is Tom is in a different Volkswagen. different Tom G? Maybe so. He didn't mm. ride Tom in a Volkswagen, so he usually does. Right. Uh, anyway, he says, you asked about insulin. Uh, as the official bald move type one diabetic listener, we actually have a lot of those I found out this week. Uh, he has the scoop. Insulin should be refrigerated at 40 to 55 degrees Fahrenheit. If kept at room temperature, insulin will go bad after about a month. The uh, effect of high temperature is that the insulin loses its effectiveness, but it does not become poisonous. Okay. Uh, and he says in the case of zombie apocalypse, he's resigned himself to the fact that he'd be dead in a few months mm. being a diabetic. Uh, and then Don K, the bald move, the official bald move nurse practitioner, wrote in uh, with roughly the same thing. But she also added, um, when the power goes out, the the insulin will last up to a month before losing its effectiveness. As we are two years into the apocalypse, all insulin would be either gone or ineffective. Insulin is not something you could stockpile, as it has a relatively short shelf life. So that poor pixie hair girl will be long dead. So even if you even refrigerated it would go bad eventually is that what i'm hearing i think so we had we had another person write in who is because they use some kind of lab tech or something i feel like so so right now there's a plot line in the nick which is set in 1902 where they just discovered they're looking for practical implications for this hormone this is insulin which i think they're getting from uh, they're they're extracting it from pigs at this point, mm-hmm. and they're synthesizing. Yeah, they they said that's how they got it before they had so, the lab equipment. Uh, yeah, it's, I wonder if like if if the place they're from has a pig farm and they have been able to extract insulin this whole time. I mean, I suppose it's possible, or they've kept it refrigerated. I the the lab tech or whatever who wrote in said that it could be. They've never seen a vial of insulin with longer than a two-year expiration date but i don't know if that was implying that the uh, the max expiration date is two years or that yeah. it's much shorter than two years huh and the two years is an obscene amount of time but i yeah. i don't know interesting well and they used it wrong anyway so yeah they killed her with it anyway so <laughs> uh megan l says i wanted to comment on aaron's question about the believability of the burnt out area of forest here we go all right 
I work for a conservation organization that uses controlled burns to restore and maintain certain forest types and found the forest to be very true to what you'd expect to see after one of our burns. Really? Virginia is at the north end of a range of longleaf pine habitat. Judging from the thick bark on the trees, uh, I believe Daryl has found himself in a longleaf pine forest. As fire moves through this type of forest, it burns all the underbrush and leaf-bearing trees and chars the back of the longleaf pine. However, the thick bark insulates the core of the tree, keeping it alive. The heat from the fire is also necessary to open up the pine cones from this particular tree and release the seeds. I have heard of that. Those seeds require the newly charred soil in order to sprout. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, but she does mention the, the burnt underbrush, right? It burns all the underbrush. That's, and that was the thing that I was worried that's about. What, yeah, it's like the black, you know, you know, black and tree trunks didn't bother me. It's the fact that there was like really tiny sub pinky sized branches yeah, that, that were still left behind and, and yeah. strewn about the forest floor that I feel like that those would have been gone. But what are you going to do? Yeah, she says, long story short, after burn of through a forest of this type, everything looks like it is coated in a thick blanket of black and gray dust. It's incredibly monochromatic. All right. Um, but she says, you know, those trees would still be standing. Sure, sure, I buy that. Andrew E. says... Truck fuel can't melt long leaf pine cones. There you go. No, it can. It can <laughs> burst them open and cause the seeds to spread. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. I don't know. Andrew E. So I guess two people talking about their respective death wishes in the zombie apocalypse equivalent... Uh, is the zombie apocalypse equivalent of, so what kind of music do you like? <laughs> Fucking sexy. <laughs> Why is Gimple so hot for these really densely plotted stories with multiple time jumps and a split-up cast? He's not good at them. We've covered, what, like a day or two since Pete killed Reg? I know neither when nor where we are in the story. I propose a new screenwriting screenwriting principle called Gimple's Razor, wherein the most complicated and infuriating option must be chosen at all times. Yeah. Gimple's Razor. It's the opposite of any kind of Occam or Martin's Razor concept. Wow. So that that would be what's the opposite of a razor? Uh, it would be something very dull, right? Um, Gimple's butter knife. I don't, I don't Gimple's know. caviar spoon. I'm not. I'm not having any luck. I here. like the butter knife. Gimple's butter knife. Gimple's spork. It's Gim, Gimple's spork. <laughs> Gimple's Taco Bell spork. Yeah, it has it has just enough to where it's just enough, functional. Just enough points to to to, to prick you once in a while. Yeah. No, nothing for serious cutting, no. Okay, uh, we've got. Also, a, he takes the same five ingredients and keeps mixing them up and serving them up to you and <laughs> pretending it's a new product. Uh, Next, uh, it's it's a new Glen Cruncherito <laughs> coming at the end of this season. Oh, what does this have on it? Uh, beef, cheese, and beans. <laughs> wait, wait, that's the same as the the Rick Crunch wrap you gave me just a week ago. It's, it's the the world we live in now. Wrap. Uh, <laughs> with sour cream. This is, looks awfully like, awful lot like uh, season two, Enchirito. <laughs> no, 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 it's entirely different. <laughs> all right, Edmund says, this episode was all right. Some interesting things with Daryl. There have been instances where other people take from Rick and his group, but I can't really remember many or any instances where Rick's group needlessly and undeservedly take from others. For example, Noah kind of attacked Daryl and Carol, which understandably puts Daryl on the defensive although Carol ended up being sympathetic and they eventually helped him. Maybe that was justified because Noah was alone and he was trying to save Beth, but still, I don't think attacking people who have done nothing to you is justified. Noah eventually became part of Rick's group, so it's possible to make amends after a temporary betrayal. Uh, The people Daryl meets, 
attack him and steal his weapon. Perhaps this was temporarily justified because they thought he was part of Wade's group, but even after Daryl gives them back the insulin and ultimately helps them and pretty much is ready to welcome them into his group, they still end up betraying him, stealing his weapon and his ride. Yeah, I mean, isn't Daryl a refutation of their life philosophy of like we'd be stupid to we'd be stupid to trust you, even though you yeah. came back, gave us a medicine, and then helped defend us. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Daryl made all the right moves here. It's a triple cross, still... man. It's a triple cross with no. It, it didn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I guess skipping down to his questions here, the question he has, and he poses to himself as well as us, is what do you think will happen if or when Daryl or the others meet the betrayers again, the betrayers being the, the group that Daryl ran into. He's going to shove that rough-hewn figure right up uh, what's-his-face's ass. Do you think they could be forgiven? And then case him in molten glass. Yes, no, I think that's going to be the the arc, is somehow Daryl's going to try to help these people, and either they're going to die anyway, probably, or they'll become <laughs> a valued member of our group, maybe. Okay. I could see that. I, I can't, like, I can't imagine Daryl even being bitter at this point, right? Like, you know, you fooled me twice, shame on me, but I'm still going to let you, I'm still going to welcome yeah. you into my group with open arms. Sure. Because that's, that's kind his, of who Daryl is. That's the, the kick he's on right now. Yeah. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Nathan P. says, I wanted this to be the episode that would make me say Daryl is an interesting character who does interesting things, but I was sadly disappointed. It's just the same brooding, tortured act that makes all the ladies swoon, which I suppose is an improvement over his angry redneck phase, but Daryl isn't doing anything with it. How can it be six seasons on and I still feel I don't know this character enough? Ever since Beth died, Daryl's had fewer and fewer lines and I just want something to change. Just get angry, not passive bullshit. I don't know, but maybe it's just me. I think it's about time that Daryl Sashridis got to show us something in terms of acting. Uh, I, I don't know that I agree with this totally. But so... Okay, I do agree with you that there has been a lull in the Daryl character. We haven't really gotten anything since he took off with Carol. Exactly, and I think it's it's exactly what he says here, is we got through Daryl's story. That's huh. literally, like, they're done. Like, Daryl's backstory is told. His relationship with Carol is the only thing that mattered. I thought there was going to be some interesting stuff coming up with Aaron. I think there is. I gotta, uh, again, that's I, one of the things uh, is... I hope so. This but... show unable to go through the passage of time. It's we're stuck in this forty-eight hour Groundhog Day hell that we have to keep reliving as viewers over and over again. That yeah. yeah, when would he get an arc? Like this is the closest thing he got. It doesn't really make sense. It's not satisfying. But his next yeah, way to move forward his... is with Aaron and with Rick and his group. It's not going to be with these you know randos he's meeting on the road. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's just unfortunate that they haven't done anything with him in a while. Aussie Jack says, uh, don't, oh boy, he really is Aussie Jack. Don't you blokes think it's a bit strange that Team Daryl were, um, only just in front of the herd when the three of them were ambushed and the shootout occurred and still the herd was nowhere to be seen after that. Where did they go? Just did they stop for lunch? Are we 20 miles? That's the problem. Yeah. On the try, you know, like on the triangular route back, we, you know, this, this show, has had an increasingly bad problem with with sense of time and space. Yes. Yeah. I don't I don't get it. Like just there seems to be a logical path you could take through all of this that pushes you toward action, that yeah. pushes you toward interesting conclusions to stories, but they just don't seem to want to take it. 
I don't know. Maybe maybe they're reading Alan Seppenwall continually bitching about uh, interleave uh, stories that never gets time to breathe, and they took it to the logical conclusion of we're only going to address a single character's plot line at a time and run it and then do that for everybody. And then <laughs> The problem is, you know what show's been doing that and what? hitting it out of the fucking park? What's that? The Leftovers. Uh yeah. Let's take two characters. Let's focus on them throughout the episode, but it never feels like they're getting bogged down. But that's that's in a different that's also a day. different story. Like a better comparison is the as uh, Game of Thrones. And Game of Thrones does tend to struggle when it struggles, it tends to struggle with this thing. How do you keep such a big cast up in the air and 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 propelling forward and and keep people grounded in space and time? Now, they do a much better job of it. Yeah. But it is harder when you've got kind of like a largely plot-oriented story versus a character and emotional-driven story. That said, it's inexcusable that they have this much trouble this, you know, with this much continuity with the writing team and with the showrunners and the actors like and and I just yeah. What what, what, <laughs> I what am I going to say that's different? Say. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So let's move on to Ken. They need uh, to fire Gimple and get a new showrunner so I can put him on the couch and start coming up with new theories. Because right okay. now, like yeah. Gimple bores me, <laughs> Kirkman bores you. Kirk, Kirkman bores. I need, I need fresh blood. All right, new showrunner, showrunner four. Bring him on. Yep, ready for him. Uh, Make Ken, him Lindelof so I can really dig into it. Ken or Kean? I don't know how you say this. K I E N. Sorry for not knowing how to pronounce your name. Keen. Keen. Uh, so I found the entire episode mildly entertaining at best, but overall pointless. Yep. If the idea was to build character development for Daryl, Abraham, and Sasha, I thought they failed miserably. There was literally zero growth out of any of these characters. I disagree. I think Abraham is it's back on track. He says, I say that even for Abraham, as we've seen so little of him, that this Death Wish version of him almost comes out of nowhere, and nothing really drives him to change his thinking other than a box of cigars. And so wanting I guess, to, I guess he, he also wants to make time with Sasha, and he realizes that this is not the right way to do it. Yeah, and I guess if I'm being generous, this this... I don't know. This version of Abraham has been coming for a while. Sure, no. Ever since he found out about Eugene lying to him, he's been having this slow breakdown and this this deterioration of, like, what do I do with myself? Sure. I've got no no reason to live. I think they did a fair job of setting that up, but it was a while ago, and it doesn't feel like there has been a particularly smooth build-up to that. No. It did feel a little bit out of nowhere, but the problem not is totally. this this change has come out of nowhere. It's like he's had in the back of his mind, I kind of want to be this a family man again, and I want to start building a family, and I'm going to start with this this woman who calls bullshit because I mm. need that. But he's been the gung ho Rambo taking insane risks. Abraham having a problem with his lady friend doing same, and I, I yeah, it's just I'm not sure exactly what is off with it. But it's also the least off thing that was in this episode. Yes. So I don't want to pick at it too hard. Okay. Mike from North Wales says, just watched the episode, wanted to share my latest fuck yous and a <laughs> prediction on the rescue of Glenn from inside the magic dumpster. He's got several fuck yous here, four to be, in, to be exact. Ooh. Number one, fuck you, Gimple. A woman that needs insulin daily gets killed by folding quicker than Noah's lawn furniture by walkers <laughs> encased in glass and was still alive at this point in the apocalypse, fuck you. In case of insulin dependency, break glass. <laughs> so you'll just die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two, fuck you, Hardwick. 
no particular reason other than the usual. <laughs> Do you he guys? Felt, he felt er, extra sad puppyish at the end of this episode, knowing he's gonna have to cool his heels for an hour of kung fu. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like don't. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching in, Into the Badlands, my DVR copy of it, and he's like, "Don't forget me." <laughs> he's got to sit around in the studio for an hour. Yeah, he's, waiting. Yeah. He's on set, just looking at his watch. Uh huh. No, oh, yeah. And because he saw that, he you know he's seen Into the Badlands before. He got a screener copy weeks sure. ago. Yeah. Sonny's exploits had no hold nothing for him. Uh, number three, fuck you, Glenn. The CB call for help right at the end of the episode was obviously Glenn. I no, think, I think we both disagree. No. Which means he escaped the unescapable and is now safely encased, ensconced in his dumpster bunker. Uh, he predicts that Abraham's RPGs will be the method of salvation there, huh. which eh, might be cool, but I, I doubt it. I doubt it, man. Number four. See, if, if, if Glenn could have gotten in the dumpster, yeah, yeah, and that he's surrounded by a sea of zombies, that would have been a great way to end it. But and I mean, assuming it's one of those like double, although it was stuffed to the gills, like he'd have to like. They'd be there for a while, emptying out a bunch of dumpster shit on top of these walkers, getting inside. Huh. Assuming it, it was even a double top. Why did you top. say it was full to the gill? And it was padlocked, because you could see it. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, it was full and padlocked, okay. so no Never chance. Mind. Number four, fuck you music. The music score is telling me, uh, is even starting to annoy me now as its dramatic, serious tones are telling my subconscious there's a serious drama when my eyes are telling me it's Benny Hill with zombies. Yeah. Lighter music and popular music replacing this would sit easier with my brain as I strap myself in for my weekly dose of the Walking Dead farce. Yeah, you know, because I don't want to watch a lot of network dramas. So it's really weird to see such high production values in the service of so much bullshit. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I remember when I watched the Twilight movies uh, and only watched it to see the Rift Tracks versions of them, but I was struck by how much money and art went into making something so terrible. Mm-hmm. And and uninteresting, and I, I felt the same way when I was watching the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey movie. It's like this is terrible on so many dialogue and character levels, but holy shit, it looks amazing. Yeah, uh, and they spent a lot of money to get to get music for it and all that. And that's I feel like this is a, a lot of people's final fantasy. Like, huh? You take Final Fantasy and you play that game when you're 12 years old. Uh-huh. It's like, holy sh! This is the best story I've ever seen. Sure. I can't believe. Oh my god, they killed one of my favorite characters. That's uh-huh. incredible. Whereas you you show this to a 35 year old and they're like, dude, I've seen this 15 this times like 15 and this is a poorly executed all, version yeah, uh-huh. of the same thing I've seen a uh-huh. hundred times. Like, and, and I feel like it also had the benefit of timing, right? Uh-huh. Like, kind of like we did with our Breaking Bad podcast. The Walking Dead hits at the time when zombies are super popular. Uh-huh. It's the only thing out there for zombies on TV, and people just flock to it. And now they they kind of get, you know, co opted by the show. Yeah, They're just in it to be in it. Yeah. So no, nope. I don't know. Do and, and then the money comes, and then they they just continue to do what they're doing. And I do wonder what had happened if they'd kept Darabont on. Me too. Every day, Stephen Colorado. Why do the writers feel the need to use such convoluted and unnecessary figures of speech in the characters' dialogues whenever they start talking about their feelings? I get that this this way of talking is an important part of Abraham's character, but the whole conversation between him and Sasha in the insurance office just came off as angsty and cringeworthy. I wanted Russ Cole to walk in, pointing a gun at the two of them, tell them to shut the fuck up. (laughs) Uh, And he links to the scene with Reggie Ledoux, which is good. I... 
I don't know. I mean, yeah, it feels stilted, but I'm so used to it at this point from The Walking Dead that Someone did I didn't really notice it. On, on Reddit, they're talking about, like, in the thread called, Why Don't People Just Have Conversations Anymore? He said that he was rewatching season two. And, like, everybody, you know, the, uh, up until, like, I guess now, everyone bagged on season two, especially the first half of season two, as being the worst The Walking Dead could be. But he's like, yeah. I was kind of amazed at how more natural the conversations were. It was about real everyday stuff, like needing to eat and where are we going to do this and how do we take care of that. And now everything is in these really highfalutin, high-concept, post-apocalyptic conversations all the, all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, I wonder if it's a... A Especially, symptom of getting these new characters we haven't heard it from yet, and they're like, oh, but we Sasha need to and set Abraham up. have been together for so long. The fact that they would never have conversations like these, yeah, and all the months that they've spent together, and all the nights that they've spent by campfire, it's just I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Telling these backstories is rough because they're all kind of the same, right? Yeah, like I had a an okay life until the zombie apocalypse sure. and now I got to deal with it. No, I mean, it does Great. feel like they need this. They need to stay plot focused. I would like that a little more plot focus, a little less character stuff. Cause that's not the show's forte. Stu from Wales says this episode feels like a way of setting up a big finale. We have the explanation of the forest fire, bringing all the zombies to the yard. Alexandria <laughs> has a lot of zombies after this episode. They will also have a fuel tanker and an RPG launcher and RPGs. Yeah, that uh, sounds cool. Sounds awesome. You can blow some shit up with that recipe. Yeah, uh, he says the drawback to using the fuel to start a big fire and clear the zombies is that the smoke will be visible for miles around, which will likely draw in a new group of bad guys as well as the wolves. Oh, that's yeah, a good point. That's that's fair. Um, and then he says maybe they can use the RPGs to fend them off when they come in. Perhaps. I mean, you got to think that like. <laughs> At what point did the wolves are like, we're, we got sticks and knives and these guys have the equivalent of a nuclear bomb. Yeah, or even you know? just machine guns. Like Yeah, like they've got guns rifles. and now they've got actually rocket launchers. Get the fuck <laughs> yeah. out of here. We're not going back there, guys. Yeah. Even we're not that crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I uh, saw The Last Samurai. I know how this ends. How does this last samurai end? I don't remember. The samurai have one last stand against the, you know the modern Japanese army who has Gatlin guns and they get cut down. Ah, okay. With their, they, they do a, a rush with the swords against a Gatlin gun and it is yeah. exactly how you think sense. that kind of thing would, would end. Sure. All right. Jenkins says, uh, what do you make of the theory that Glenn's death is one of Nicholas hallucinations where he gets zoned nope. out? Okay. Skipping, moving on. Uh, Cappy from New York says the walking dead tries to do it again. I love how you two always call the writers out for trying to be more profound than what the show has the depth for. Well, I think they did it again. In the instant cast, I think it was Aaron who calls out how on how on earth did Daryl happen to lay his bike next to a burned cyclist. Here's my thought. It's supposed to foreshadow what's about to come for Daryl, and it's supposed to represent him. The forest was burned down by these three randos, so technically they burned this Moto Walker too. It's probably supposed to exemplify that these guys are going to burn him, and they did. After he helped them, uh, they left <laughs> him defenseless and took his shiz i know you're you're stretching this metaphor and plus it's no it's like so on the nose again like yeah he's a motorcycle that got burnt by these three guys just like this person literal burning versus figurative burning hmm. okay uh daryl takes another look at the walker at the end so it's obviously a thing and she thinks that he realizes it too so i you and me buddy 
you and me, buddy. Uh, we done got burnt. <laughs> and the final email, which I just like. I, I always like to save the the last, the best for last here. Mm-hmm. It's Hugh Gallen of the Hungry Dads podcast, who is, might I say, a true authority on snack food. Uh huh. The Hungry Dads podcast actually, is all about. I actually, I actually snack read food. this email. I, I try to stay away from you the did, Walking okay. Dead, but I see Hungry Dads, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm hungry and, I'm a and dad. a dad. Yeah, sure. How, how can I not read this? He says, "I'm writing to you about oatmeal cookies and the comments you made about them in the last episode." Super disappointed in this email, by the way. It started strong. <laughs> Hungry dads just went down from there. It just so happens that I was engaging on some oatmeal cookie debate that ex- the exact same week on my own podcast. I argued that oatmeal raisin cookies are underrated, but I couldn't seem to convince anyone. Your criticism of oatmeal raisin cookies and the talk about cookie equality at Subway was quite funny, albeit contrary to my own perspective. I think if you tried oatmeal raisin, you'd be pleasantly surprised. Oatmeal gives a great texture, and the raisins keep you regular. What's not to like? I'm not looking for roughage in my cookie, yeah. man. I don't That's, eat cookies to keep me regular. <laughs> like I, I feel like now I want to, every time I go to the subway, I want to take a picture of the cookie box. Because every time, I, my experience is they're always out of fucking chocolate chip. They always have a shit ton of white chocolate macadoon or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. And uh, oatmeal raisin. I'll, I'll throw him a bone here. Oatmeal is not a bad texture in a cookie form. I like oh, it's my preferred cookie the flavor i don't like the texture is decent my preferred cookie is oatmeal chocolate chip oh shit that is even that's a cookie to combine that's those. a cookie that eats like a meal and i really might that when i'm making homemade cookies that's what i'm making see oatmeal cookies just you can't make them quite as chewy as like a a really good chewy uh chocolate chip cookie i don't know about that I mean, maybe you can make them, but I've never had one that's, yeah, that's but, quite as gooey and chewy as chocolate but it, chip. But it all goes wrong. I mean, that's the thing. Like, once you put does, the, yeah. once you put the uh, raisins in there, and I feel like they always have to have, like, a, a snickerdoodle aftertaste to them. You can't just make a straight-up nod. And you can really fuck up the texture of a chocolate chip cookie, too. Sure. Like, the crunchy, get the crunchy shit out of here. Yeah, yeah. It's all about the gooey, chewy stuff. Agreed. Yeah, the the... Chips Ahoy chocolate chip is an abomination. So how, how, That's a baby biscuit, essentially, with chocolate chips in it. <laughs> well, they have the chewy. Oh, those are even worse, because I feel like that's... Well, they, they've, they've put some kind of plastine. Yeah, yeah. The, unnatural chip. They take, they've taken a, ch- a Chips Ahoy chocolate chip and saturate it with some kind of, I don't know, jet fuel chemical. Yeah. So uh, I'll say this. It's harder to fuck up the texture of an oatmeal cookie. Okay, than it is sure. to fuck up the texture of a chocolate chip well, when cookie. You, when you start off with the texture of a bowl of oatmeal, it's probably harder to mess exactly. up that texture. But the texture doesn't get as good on the an ceiling. oatmeal cookie. The yeah. floor is not as low because you can have a really bad chocolate chip cookie, but the ceiling's not yep. nearly as high. All right, I think we've cracked it. But that only applies to texture. The taste of oatmeal is bullshit in a cookie. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna have to, and you add raisins, and I have. I'm no, gonna have to give you my uh, chocolate chip oatmeal cookie and see what you think, Jim. <laughs> all right, all right. That's it. That's it for emails. We do have some spoiler stuff that I guess we'll need to talk about. All right. So uh, if you're into that, I don't God, know, stick please, around after the music. Please pull out of this. Pull out of this death spiral, Walking Dead. I man, two episodes left. One of them's gonna have to at least talk about Glenn. Yeah. Uh, and I I can't predict us liking that when it comes back. It's been. We're too just long. gonna be rolling our eyes. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of like Maggie's performance with Beth. It's too little, too late. But yeah. please, can we please start to move on from this? 
I would like to. This this plot started so strong and has just completely petered out and and it's it's about the time of the season the Walking Dead pours on the gas and make sure you have your DVR set for February, but damn, I I yeah, this is really tedious. Yeah. So if they if they want to get a hold of us, if you want to send in emails, you can do so at if Gimple, if Gimple's wanting to reach out for help, sure, yeah. Yeah, Gimple, if you want to send some emails and find out how you can write a better story. Uh, we're always available. What would you do if we got a response like tomorrow? <laughs> I would from totally. Gimple I would write AMCTV.com. I would do a treatment for him. Really? Yeah. If he says, you know, write the write the comeback for. No, I just admit he comes out both barrels blazing like you. Oh, sons and blasts. And, sure. And I've gone back and listened to seventy three episodes of your podcast. <laughs> and here's, here's I'd say how... no wonder your show sucks. You're listening to too much of us. <laughs> That's right. You can't beat us no matter what you do, Gimple. <laughs> I don't know, but I would totally write a treatment for him. All right. If he's like, you know what, you guys, you're right. Come, give me some help here. I'd be like, okay, I'll write the the comeback for the second half of the season. I'd send him a box of oatmeal raisin cookies. <laughs> some real say, shitty. How, ones. How, how you like them apples? Yeah, some dried out, <laughs> gross ones. All right, that's it. Uh, send your emails I'd use to prunes walking, raisins. Walking Dead at BaldMove.com. Watching Dead? I don't even watching know. Dead. Watching I think Dead. Secretly, they both work. Don't send them to hosts at baldmove.com. Some people have been doing that, and they don't get included in the show. Yeah. So, yep. sorry. Uh, and that's it. You can go on Facebook or Twitter and do that thing. Yeah. Bald Move on both of those. Forums. Uh, and if you want spoilers, we're going to do some of that after the music. If not, I'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See you. back with the spoiler section do you have anything to talk about spoilers or should I go right into emails no i think i know what you're going to talk about so yeah. I'll, I'll let the listeners go okay tom p starts off with uh this whole glenn fiasco and the way it's been handled we know the showrunners are trollish assholes my prediction glenn will return just in time to be killed by negan he'll show up there'll be a super brief reunion and then he'll get beaten to death it's yeah. too perfect the ultimate fuck you that's, but that is the ultimate fuck you. It is, yeah. To bring Glenn back alive just for Negan, Negan to beat him to death, I think will <laughs> really find new levels of audience outrage. There's something... I can see why that might be satisfying to a certain person to do this to, to some, But that, that's a person that really people. hates The Walking Dead. But yeah, you can't... Like, if you have you any affection for these characters at all, that is the worst case scenario. That Glenn's gone... He, you know, Nicholas, the guy he trusted, largely got him killed, except for he survived, and here he is, and now he's getting his, he's, it's like kind of disrespectful to the actor. Like, if I was Stephen Young, I would feel bad for him to to go out like that. I So I don't know that that's a bad ending for a character who has not had the debacle that we've had. No, I mean, no. Fire, right? That's yeah. kind of a cool, like, it's supposed oh, to be how shocking. is Glenn going to get out of this dumpster thing when he's still on the dumpster and we're worried about him? It's supposed to be shocking, but not like this. Yeah. Not like this. This is cruel. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. They, they That could be something they'll do. They might. Now they do that and and and, and, and Daryl volunteers to take his place and Daryl's beat to death? I would be fine with that. Okay. But I don't fuck, man. I don't know. I just, this <laughs> remix, it starts spinning off and out of control. Samuel M. says, I believe that this Sunday we got our first look at Negan's group. 
I think that the man that took Daryl's crossbow will turn out to be Dwight. Yep. Uh, if memory serves me correct, he is a mole within Negan's group who actually uses a crossbow, which will be an interesting way to tie Daryl's original show character to a comic book character. Um, and also, I guess this guy has a burned face, Dwight, in the comics. Yes. Says, I'm guessing next time we see the crossbow thief, he'll have a hound-style burned face. Did anyone mention the Sharon uh, connection, too? I don't think so. So here's another thing is, on Dwight's backstory, if I recall correctly... His wife is Sharon, and the reason he got burnt is because so Negan takes a bunch of wives, but he he, he but he he only takes the willing ones, and if you join his harem, you get a bunch of special treatment and whatnot. Um, and somehow I think that the story with Dwight and I didn't I I stopped going back and rereading the arcs before we did him because it was doing me no good, but his wife. Some I, somehow it wanted to be with Negan, or maybe she was coerced into being with Negan, or maybe she did it to save her husband. Her husband tried to still have relations with him behind Negan's back, and I believe Negan burnt him with an iron, hmm. burnt half his face with an iron to kind of teach him a lesson. Okay. And there's hints to that because I think this guy was calling the other girl that wasn't a pixie Cher, huh. which could be short for Sharon, which would be another. Uh, uh, so, so. He's going to go back and try to, I guess, trade this motorcycle and this crossbow for Negan's, uh, you know, favor yeah. and probably get, you know, probably be forgiven, but with the iron, like, that's what I got. You Okay, I'll yeah. forgive you, but you you, you, you got to pay for it somehow. Mm-hmm. And the next time we'll see him, he'll have the burnt face and we'll probably remember him. And that's what Daryl meant when he said, you'll be sorry and all that. But I, you know, so, yeah, that's cool but i can think of probably in 10 minutes 10 different ways they can introduce this character to have been more satisfying and less wasting our time well that's kind of why i talk about you know not losing what's right in front of you for the eventual end goal because maybe that's cool if you're a comic book reader and you're seeing all the pieces they're putting in place and you're connecting the dots in your own head but if you're not what kind of solid story are they telling for people who don't know all of that stuff right yeah yeah and nothing i mean it was gratifying to read Seppenwall's reviews because his points were a lot my same. He's like, I'm being told the story of people that I only have half the story, so I can't fully appreciate what's going on. And the yeah. effect seems to be kind of nonsensical that's having on the person that I do care about. Yeah. And also, by the way, what the fuck is going on with Alexander and Glenn like the whole time? So, <laughs> Indeed. Really was a- big miscalculation. Sam goes on. He's got a theory he's been thinking about for a few weeks now. We all know Kirkman loves his remixes. In the comics, after the crew meets Negan, uh, Carl, who's like nine, I think, takes it upon himself to infiltrate Negan's crew solo dolo to take out Negan himself. Yes, he does. Kind of makes sense that a nine, ten-year-old mix of immaturity and badassery would attempt this in the comics, but he doesn't think the plot would mesh well with the babysitter version of Carl we have on the show. Now enter Morgan and Michonne. In the comics... Morgan and Michonne entered into a relationship, which we may see on the show, although they haven't really hinted at it. If they do, this can instead have Morgan and Michonne infiltrate Negan's camp, remixing when Michonne and Tyrese infiltrated the governor's camp. Or the governor's camp, yeah. It's easy to see how Michonne and Morgan can underestimate the power of Negan due to their near Chuck Norris level of combined close combat expertise. Maybe Michonne will be reminded of the governor while Morgan, inspired by his mentor, sees Negan as that one person who's truly evil. So motivate them to take matters into their own hands 
However, just like in the comics, that plan fails. Negan drives him back to the gates of Alexandria and does his eeny, meeny, miny, mo game between the two of them with Lucille eventually landing on Morgan. I don't know. That's a good There's a lot of any, Lucille right? fodder that yeah. I think would be effective. Like Morgan seems like it would be a natural fit because I don't think Lenny James is going to be a recurring character in the show for long. Yeah. Glenn, because he's won the original, and I mean, also that's how it went down in the comics. Uh, Daryl, just because that would really shock the shit out of people, I think. Although it would have been, I and think he's self admitted. There again, if, if I just keep thinking, like, what if we were at this point at the end of season five? It felt like that would have been a natural, a, be, a more natural rhythm with less filler. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. All right, let's move on to Ashley. She says, so that said, uh, I don't I don't know what that was, but it was before this, obviously. Uh, I think Dwight is going back to the same. They tried his non-linear email. I am. Uh, that's all the rage of The Walking Dead right now. Yeah, it's, it's fucking me up. I'm losing the thread of the now for the, the goal. This should be the black and white email. <laughs> uh, so you don't know what this email was like before. This so, is the email we're living in now, Jim. I think I, I removed the first part of this because it was kind of piggybacking on this idea that this guy is Dwight. Okay. And she thinks that Dwight's going to go back to the Saviors, which I guess is this group that we saw this time That's, with Wade. Yeah. Is that right? Megan's group is the Saviors. Oh, okay. Uh, I wasn't there sure is who another the Saviors group. were. There's another, see, so there's another group that's pre-Megan. With this Wade guy, right? I don't know. Hmm. Because, again, I didn't read this. But the, the way I recall it is there's another group that, that Rick, kind of like, I guess, the Wolves. The Rick just completely kicks their ass up between their shoulders and gives him this huge inflated ego of how badass they are. So when Negan and his crew rolls in, Rick badly underestimates it. And as a direct result, people die and the people have a much, much harder life because of it. Hmm. Okay. Um, and then it's the story of how he can turn the tables on that. But but there, I think the wolves are serving that intermediary purpose. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, she's saying... Um... He's going to go back to the Saviors, and now that he has Daryl's crossbow, somebody's going to get Abraham's comic book death, which is a bow through his eye. Yeah. I didn't know about that. Uh, it may still be Abraham, but Kirkman has said he kind of regretted killing him that way, as he does with everything he does in the comics, apparently. <laughs> uh, so he's, she's not sure, but she thinks it would be awesome if Daryl got killed with his own crossbow. That would be pretty, pretty, pretty intense. Yeah, I think that's a decent way to go. Uh, as for Abe and Sasha, I don't think this bodes well for Sasha's long term, but it sort of foreshadows Rick and Michonne being together. In the comics, Abraham and Holly are dating, and of course, Rick and Andrea are together. Holly and Andrea are both blondes. At some point during All Out War, Negan captures Holly, mistaking her for Andrea, then he yep. can use her to get to Rick. Yep. Uh, so given that, that Sasha and Michonne are the only two black women on the show, I get the feeling that Negan will take Sasha, thinking she's Rick's girlfriend, and find out that he's got the wrong one. I just don't... I'm not sure that Michonne and Rick are going to be together at that point, right? It seems to be Rick and Jesse right now. Which I don't know that we have any doppelgangers for Jesse. No, but I think Jesse gets killed pretty quickly or two. Oh, okay. <laughs> so so maybe Rick and Michonne will hook up. Yeah, yeah. And they're kind of laying the tracks of that, too, with this kid being so clingy to Jesse, you know? And gotcha. there's going to be... Yeah, Eventually, something's going to go wrong with the walls, and if it goes down like the comics, Alexander will be uh, half hot and cold running zombie, uh, indoor running zombie, and uh, there'll be a shit show, and Rick's trying to save everybody, but 
Jesse can't leave her kid, and her kid gets bit, and then she gets bit, and if a lot of biting. Uh, Carl gets his eye shot out. It's, it's a shit show. Mm-hmm. It, it, Abraham and Daryl both get their eyes shot it, out. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how well this this goes down because I feel like that there could be you know there there, there could be a, a, a hell of an episode at the end of this season. I can I can totally see that happen, and I think they would probably crush it. And we'll be like, why don't they do this all the time the way we always do? Yeah, sure. That's the end of a Walking Dead season. Yep. Olivia D. Uh, had to cut most of her stuff for time here. Um, had some good stuff on insulin, though, but it was kind of covered elsewhere. Anyway, she says, uh, I've seen pictures of Chandler Riggs rocking a bandage over his eye. Really? Uh, I guess, yeah. I don't know. They might. They could be trolling, too. Who knows? Yeah. I've seen them do fake pictures of stuff like that. Sure. Uh, she says, Ron is going to make a move to kill Rick during the mayhem of the herd being inside Alexandria. Carl will be shot in the eye. After the super fuck-up of Glenn's death, how do you think the audience is going to react to Carl's wound? Will they pull the same bullshit and release a statement about how he may or may not be dead? Or after all the Glenn backlash, will they have Chandler Riggs go on The Talking Dead and say, Carl is alive, but who knows how this injury will affect him? So that's the thing, right? He gets shot in the fucking head, head, but he doesn't die. It doesn't die. Like, I feel like that's something you can get a couple issues... You can get a couple of episodes of drama because... Then you've got. They did this in season two. Well, then you've got uh, Carl got shot. Uh, you got Denise, who is not a surgeon and who's a doctor, yeah. trying desperately to save him. And is she going to have the skills to do it? And uh-huh. you know, it's like that is dealing with a dramatic situation head on. It's not. Yeah. yeah. Carl got shot in the face. Four episodes of filler. Okay, let's see if he died or not. Like I could see yeah. that rate. You know, the battle from raging. What that would do to the the Rick and. You know what that's going to do to the community and whether they rally around them or, you know, I that could sure. be that would could be interesting. It's not, it's not a it's not a, a jerk around. And there's like, um, I thought Sepulchre had some smart things to say contrasting the way uh, the leftovers handled a kind of a teaser death at the end of its episode with The Walking Dead. He said that the way they treated Glenn. If Glenn turns out to be alive, that's going to feel like a taunt to the okay. audience. Like, ha ha, you know, made you Fooled think you, you yeah. made you feel something for this character, beloved character. Where the way the leftovers handled it, it was a tease, which is giving a lot of evidence that there is more to the situation than it meets the eye. Same way yes. in, in True Detective. That felt like a taunt. Not obscuring evidence that would suggest yeah, that. Yeah, there's another kind of fake-out death that felt like a taunt. Yeah. But at least it was immediately resolved in the next episode. It was. It was, in a way that felt real. So, so you do a you taunt, know? and then you dangle that taunt over the audience for four or five episodes. It starts to really get some bad blood. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, it's going to be interesting seeing how they end this season. Uh, that's the end of our emails and the end okay. of our show. Uh I guess we'll see you guys next next week on the live watch, yeah. instant cast stuff. And until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya.